and welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, I'm Mark Schenk, and with me in the studio today for his first time on the podcast... Paula Chilchik uh, from the Sydney office. Good to be with you, Mark. Great to be here. Now you'll notice that there's a slight change of format here with, uh, with me hosting and, uh, and, and Paul in the studio with me. And by the way, I do use the word studio very liberally. Um, Sean is currently traveling in the south of Spain for five weeks. And so we'll be, so I'll be hosting the podcast in his absence and we'll be having a number of guests and uh, we'll have a few of the Anecdote team sharing some of their experiences to help you build your own business story repertoire. And so as Paul mentioned, he's uh, running our, our Sydney office and uh, he's joined us. Well, in fact, Paul, I'll let you introduce yourself. Sounds good, Mark. And yeah, it's really great to be here. I've just returned recently from six years in the US, originally from Sydney, and spent some time working with Microsoft in Seattle, uh, with a brand agency, comms agency in San Francisco, and most recently with Amazon in their Seattle headquarters. But it's great to be back in Sydney. And one of the things that I uh, attracts me to anecdote is the fact that there's a real focus on telling practical stories and making sure that people are telling stories. And it, it's really important to me that that's the case because I learned a lesson early on in my career where being a management consultant, everyone would come up with these great ideas and nothing would really happen in practice. And then on the other extreme, I'm a screenwriter. I write screenplays. And In fact, I remember you were saying that that was the reason you went to the US in the first place, was to, to be a screenwriter. That's exactly right. I had dreams of... Uh, you know, getting, up, getting into the big, uh, big screen in Hollywood. And I found there was so much passion and interest in storytelling when it came to screenplays, and yet management consulting and business storytelling seemed to be so dry. So I ended up uh, combining the two and thinking in one, uh, one piece of work with Microsoft, I'm gonna train these Microsoft programmers how to tell a story in the Hollywood way because that's what I enjoyed and loved. And I put together a fantastic full day program and we went through all the great Hollywood movies and the hero's journey, if you're familiar with it. Um, was it a 17 step? Something like that with all the ups and downs and dark night of the soul and everything. And people enjoyed it, but no one told a single story after that because it was too damn complex. <laughs> and so that was a big realization and a learning for me that if we're gonna apply storytelling in business, don't make it intimidating and don't make it too dramatic because it needs to work, it needs to be practical. And, and for me, Anecdote just fits the bills so well in that, uh, in that category. And that's why I'm really excited to, to be joining you and to be part of Anecdote. Yeah, well, it's cool. It's great to have you here. And no, of course, that, that is an important part of our philosophy and that the hero's journey is fantastic yeah. in its place, exactly. which is Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, whereas the, the types of things that we need in business are much more straightforward, much more practical, mm -hmm. simpler, simple structures that you can do very quickly, repeatably, etc., etc. So um, the format of the program is that uh, we, we share a business story that you can use uh, in your own work, and then we talk about why it works and how you can, how you can use it in a business context. And so, Paul, you're going to uh, share an experience that you had uh, back in 2015, I believe. That's right. So this experience occurred when I was working for a communications agency in San Francisco. 2015, as Mark said, and we were working with a, a healthcare CEO and his executive team. Let's call him Eric. That wasn't his, his name, but 
Eric uh, had a traditional 17-point bullet point uh, strategy which he wanted to share, and so we worked very closely with him to shape that into a strategy story, which is really critical if you're going to engage people. And by the end of the, the project, we had a really good strategy story, and then it was time to communicate it. So Eric and his executive team invited their top 200 leaders to a big event in Monterey. It's about an hour south of uh, San Francisco on the Bay. And this was an event which we helped them plan meticulously to the minute, bring in all of their top leaders and then share this strategy story. So is this just from California? No, these were people from, from Europe, from Asia, from Africa. There's a big healthcare company. And so it was very, a lot of expense, no expense was spared and they really put on a show. Came to the first day, everyone eagerly, you know, filters into the, to the hall or the convention center. And... It went really well. It uh, was filled with multimedia presentations. We had the executive team up on stage and everyone was sharing the strategy story with examples, a really rich story, and the audience seemed to be engaged. Seemed like job was done uh, until just before morning tea, we had a bit of a discussion and it was petering out. And then one lady uh, put up her hand at, at one of the tables on the side and she could see she was a bit cautious, but. Uh, the CEO, Eric, uh, said, yep, what's, what's your comment or your question? And she said, I like the strategy. Her voice was shaking a little bit. You could see she was reticent to, to share. But just one thing is, is uh, I was thinking that a big part of it is you're asking us to take more risks. And I don't know about others, but for me, my bonus and the remuneration that we get is quite strongly tied to not making mistakes and not taking too many risks because that's obviously going to lead to mistakes so I'm kind of fond of my bonus I just wanted to see if you thought about that and there was silence there was a bit of a pause and the uh, executives on the panel who were up on stage kind of looked at each other so they're sitting up on stage overlooking that's right because they were sharing the stories so you know there's eight members of the exec team up on stage there was an awkward pause they did try and answer it but it it didn't quite land and then, lo and behold, someone else, another guy at the back of the hall, put up his hand and he said, look, the other thing, we're all PhDs here, or most of us in the drug development business, and just culturally, we don't like to be wrong. We've got to look smart. <laughs> and everyone was kind of nodding along, and again, the executive team's looking at each other. But it, it's a bad omen if your strategy involves taking more risks. Exactly, <laughs> and that was a key part of the strategy as the lady correctly identified. Anyway, a third hand went up and they said, well, another thing is all about systems. We've got great systems, but they're all designed to minimize risk and to make sure that we don't make any mistakes. Uh, so by then it was, you know, the exec team said, okay, let's just call an early morning tea. We need to kind of regroup. A, a strategic retreat. Exactly. <laughs> so they all went off to the bay to have coffee and breakfast and we gathered um, our comms team and the executive team and we really needed to, um, to have a think what we were going to do because it was clear that this was a big, in the strategy story, this had unearthed something that hadn't been factored in and that was a really important piece of the, whether it was going to be executed well or not. So the gap between strategy and execution. And to their credit, the exec team said, okay, this meticulously planned agenda, we're going to put to the side, we're going to come back in and they divided everybody into teams and the purpose of the teams was to road test the strategy, all the different elements beginning with the risk part. So road testing meant collecting a whole bunch of examples and stories and then sharing them 
with everyone. So the exec team got back on the stage after all these stories and examples had been collected of what might uh, be problematic with the strategy in execution. And it was actually a really positive atmosphere because they didn't have all the answers. The exec team was very open about that. And these little anecdotes of stories um, surfaced things that would make the strategy, if they could be overcome, would make the strategy work in practice and be embraced. And so it couldn't all be done on the day there, but a lot of things were agreed that they'd follow up on. Other things, they adjusted the strategy story. And it was a very positive, by the end of that first day, it was a very positive atmosphere in the uh, in the room and it felt like the strategy had been thoroughly road tested. And from that session, this healthcare company has actually developed a team called the Rogue Team, which they apply to any time they're developing a big plan or a strategy. The Rogue Team's job is to go out and road test the grand strategy story that everyone's come up with and to make sure that there's no gaps in the story and that it's gonna work in practice. So that's how the Rogue Team came about uh, in Monterey. Oh, fantastic. And it's great that they've institutionalized it. Exactly. Cool. All right. Well, fantastic story. Now, we're going to talk now about why that story works and even how could it be even better. And so I'm going to, I'll, I'll kick it off mm-hmm. because one of the things that, that I like about it and I think makes it work is that pretty much all of us have been through that strategy session where the strategy gets, strategy gets shoved down our throats mm-hmm. and there's kind of not much room for exploration. Or, or, or road testing. Absolutely, and you've got to sit there and just listen to, you know, what's coming up from on high. And just, I'll just tell you what was happening for me there. I was remembering a, a session in Canberra where I was in fact one of the senior execs, but I hadn't been included in the strategy process and the head of strategy got up alongside the managing director and delivered the strategy and I was furious. <laughs> <laughs> because they're talking about bits of the business that I had a big, say over that uh, anyway so I I immediately went to that event so it's one of the reasons I like it it's relatable (laughs) absolutely I think one of the other points there's a few aspects where there's tension in the story and one of them obviously is the strategy's been presented but then the lady puts up her hand cautiously and she hits on a raw nerve in many ways or something that had been factored in so that's when you kind of feel the story shift and the other point of tension I guess is when the execs have to decide what to do at those decision points. Do they just sweep it under the carpet? Yeah, and, and just go, well, thanks very much. We'll park that for now. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll keep talking about the strategy if you, right. as if you didn't raise that issue. Get out the fit chart and the, yeah. the park. Yeah. And, and you know, like the little, you know, make sure she doesn't get a bonus <laughs> <laughs> behind the hand conversation. Yeah, so um, you were in the room mm-hmm. when this happened. So um, what was the feeling in the rest of the room when she raised this issue? I think there was a lot of uh, whispering or it felt like there was a lot of whispering, like how are they going to respond to this? Oh, she's said something that, you know. Like, and, and so the, 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 the kind of the emotion in the room was, what will they do? That's right. A lot of uh, nervous anticipation. And we weren't sure which direction it was going to go. So uh, in the Air Force, we had things called career-limiting moves, <laughs> a CLM. Right. And so uh, had the executives reacted in a different way, that could well have been a career-limiting move for that lady. Exactly. And uh, I think that's why she was a little nervous raising her hand and waited to... Cool. So that's really good, that, you know, that, that high-stakes bit. Um, so for me, another uh, thing that I like about that story and the way it works is it raises some really important issues about how strategy is developed and communicated. Mm -hmm. And many of us have seen it go 
horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, that you know, whereas um, developed in a small group, and often there's blind spots, mm-hmm. and if you don't road test it. Yeah, and that was one of the big takeaways, and I think why the, the road team in the story became such a fixture, uh, because it did make a, a fundamental change to what happened not only on that day, but the strategy story afterwards. So, Yeah, so this road team, was it, was it um, a place where people wanted to be part of, or was it like, don't get on the road team? <laughs> no, the road team was a little cheeky. People loved being on it. And in the future, it became cross-functional, different levels of the organization, because any of the road testing can be done by different parts, they all have different perspectives, so... That diversity of, of thought being applied to the road, uh, to the strategy, or to any... Exactly, uh, exactly, cool. yeah. All right, so um, now, how can we make that story even better? Um, I think one of, the, one of the things that can be done is zoom in on the tension points and on the details around it. Anytime can add more detail. Originally when I told it, I kind of raced through uh, the three objections. But if you can really zoom in and say how this lady in the, on the side was nervous, raising her hand, she kind of waited, her voice was trembling a little bit, and then other people were looking around in the executive room. Those little details bring out the tension. Yeah, and so like that you described that everybody was waiting to see how the executives would be at that moment where what will happen now? That's so right. that unanticipated bit, because anything could happen. Yeah. So yeah, just zooming in on those could uh, could really make it work even better. Yeah. Um, so look, I think that uh, for me, the timing was pretty good. So that's a story you can tell in a, in a you know, 90 seconds to, to uh, in between 90 seconds and three minutes, yeah. depending on how much time you have. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's definitely short enough to be used uh, pretty easily, which is, uh, which is a very important part. Yeah. And you don't have to remember a lot. It's fairly, fairly memorable. The strategy was there and then yeah. everything's going well. Yeah, and, and the, the, the lady raising her hand, that's a piece of imagery that's really important. For, if I'm thinking about how I would learn how to tell that story, yeah. that's a detail, mm-hmm. a, a picture yeah. that I would have in my mind that would help me tell that story. Right, and I think also raising the stakes is when she put up her hand, if we hadn't gone into so much detail about how everyone flew in from around the world, a lot of money, big center in Monterey, everything planned to the minute, those things raise the stakes so that when she put up, puts up her hand, yeah. it's like, are they going to sweep this under the carpet? <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what did you think was going to happen then? Uh, I knew the CEO because I've done a fair bit of work and he was very much into, which is common now, to you know, being transparent and open in practice. So I didn't think he was just going to, especially when the exec team, his exec team was fumbling around, I didn't think he was going to let it go and to his credit, he didn't. Uh, but it could have, I think in other organisations, it could have gone a different direction. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Now, this is a, a really important part of the podcast. How might our listeners use that story in a really practical way in their business activities? So what's, 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 what's something that springs to mind for you? Uh, I think one of the things is don't shy away, especially in, when it comes to strategy and big visionary things, from tapping things head on. And so you could use this story uh, for the importance of addressing things and maybe it's an elephant in the room or maybe it's something that people are a little cautious or shy to address or it's gonna ruffle some feathers. You could use this story because it had a positive outcome and because you have the road team as an institution now uh, as something that positive 
that emerged from addressing things and having the courage to do that. Yeah, and because control is an illusion. And yeah. so if you, you know, brush it under the table, then mm-hmm. you know, bad things are going to happen. Um, for me, another application of that is just where you've got any team working on a strategy, it's just a, a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get diverse views because you might not be seeing something that's completely obvious to somebody else. So whilst you might not have a rogue team, yeah. make sure that you're out there talking to as many different people about the aspects of the strategy. So you, you, you road test it in the development and we don't have that surprise when we, when we stand in front of all those 200 people from across the world. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And added to that is the employee engagement piece is by involving more people in the study, they get ownership of the story. And, and of course, yeah. the, 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 uh, that breaks, taking it back to what you said, at the end of the day, the strategy, you know, there was a, a very positive view about the strategy because mm-hmm. there was a level of ownership. Yeah. And I just imagine if the, if the CEO had have reacted in a different way, then... It, people would have just been waiting for that day to end and for the bar to open so that they could whinge about how bad the day was <laughs> and about how bad the strategy was. That's right. That's absolutely right. And, I, and believe me, I have, <laughs> I have been that person. <laughs> and that's the last thing you want with the strategy story. Yeah, so well, it actually reminds me of a, um, the road team, reminds me of, and forgive me for this, a, a Tom Cruise movie, mm-hmm. uh, World War Z. Oh, yes. And you know the world is overtaken by zombies, and uh, but there's one place where they'd actually, uh, and it was the, the Israelis, and they'd they'd believed the things that they were hearing, and they'd built a massive wall mm-hmm. around the city, and so they were they were, you know, like a fifty foot wall all the way around, yeah, um, because they and they, they called it the tenth man rule, mm-hmm. and one of the one of the Israeli politicians was describing it when 10 of them agree on something mm-hmm. and what they agreed on was that there's these messages that they were getting the rumors that were coming out of Africa about this plague yeah. were they must be completely wrong because there's no way it could be if everyone agrees then one man is appointed to to look at the issue again but this but they must look at it from the from the perspective that from the assumption that it's true it's the tenth man rule, right? I like that. And and because they did that, they they did road test the and found that it was true, and so they were able to take the you know to to, to do the precautionary measures. Yeah. Didn't help them in the end, but yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I think a, a strategy story in general is a great way, not just as a communication tool. I think it's really helpful to road test your business strategy because if there are gaps in the story, as happened in this case. You have to go back and and fix them and either devote more resources or culture change perhaps. So that's the value of a a strategy story is it it brings out how is this going to actually be executed in a really valuable way. Yeah, and so we've already we've heard that there's a number of ways you could use that story, which is true of most stories. And of course, you need to pick which point you want to make mm-hmm. with the story at any particular time, and then that will help shape shape yeah. how you tell it. So that's one of the, the principles. Be clear on the purpose of the story that you're using. So the purpose you're using the story for at any one time, and then you just shape the story to make that point. Yeah. Um, cool. So uh, any other thoughts on how we might use that? in a business setting to use that that experience? I think just uh, with the road team, something that I would add to that is it's also a way to cascade. They collected a lot of different anecdotes, like small stories of the namesake of our company, uh, 
that brought to life a lot of this theoretical uh, strategy story. And the strategy story was much better than the 17 bullet points they had. But if you really want to bring it to life, uh, collecting those little anecdotes, positive and negative, is really important. And also not making everything rainbows um, because it's in those open, frank admissions. And all, that, all the messiness of yeah. real life yeah. that are revealed by those, uh, those yeah. experiences. And then the audience starts to think these, these people are serious about it. They're going to actually do it because they've addressed all these problems or they're following up on them and they're not just pontificating. It's not sweeping under the carpet. Yeah. Um, yes, don't, don't tell me the bad things. <laughs> I put a lot of hours on this. Yes, that's right. <laughs>so um, now we're going to we get to the part of the, the program where we give the story a rating mm -hmm. and so because it's your story I'll go first so I'm thinking about that story how how effective is it how easy to uh, to, to tell is it I'm going to give that a 7 out of 10 mm -hmm. what about you uh, in the right context I'm going to give it a seven and a half uh, it can get there are a few different moving pieces that you got to get right so I would say it doesn't you got to practice it, it doesn't easily flow um, but in the right context, because it fundamentally changed the way they, they acted, I think it's got a big... Big punch. Big punch, yeah. Yeah, and in the right context, very powerful story. Exactly. Totally. Okay, so um, before we wrap, uh, just a, a, a quick plug. We are running public workshops in Melbourne and Sydney. In Melbourne, it's at the end of October, and in Sydney, it's mid-November. So we're launching our story-powered sales program in in uh, I think it's the 13th of November in Sydney and for more information on our events just go to our webpage www.anecdote.com forward slash events and you'll see all the details there so if you're in Sydney or Melbourne there's an opportunity to come along and we'd love to see you there so that's it that's another episode of Anecdotally Speaking please tune in again next week and we'll give you another story to help you put stories to work <laughs>